This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Oh, here we go, boys. that sound. This is a good one. Yellow. What's up, man? Oh, not much. How's it going, you snow goose killing fool? Oh, hey, look at you. Are you ready to do a long overdue waterfall Wednesday? Yeah, it is a little bit overdue. Yeah. I've been both pretty busy. You've been shooting snow geese in North Dakota. Yeah. You've been, um, you've been killing some things. Yeah. Put a little boss ammunition into the sky recently. <laughs> <laughs> nice. Nice. Nice plug. Thank you, boss. <laughs> I shot this goose at a million yards with it today. A million. Why'd, no, you, let actually, it, why'd you let it get I'm, in so close? I'm lying. It was Saturday. <laughs> why did i let it get in so close yeah. oh <laughs> no i uh um what killing have i been doing i've been killing a few birds around minneapolis and a few birds um in fergus well a lot has changed in the two week our two week absence we have definitely picked up some birds oh yeah starting about two weeks ago around the minneapolis area um and the parts I roam close to home, that's for sure. Like just an, an absolute ton of Canada's and a ton of mallards. So one thing I want to run by you, see if you, uh, how, I don't know how well versed you are on the, the snow goose phenomena. Um, we had such a good trip that we, everyone's like, screw spring snows. Let's just hunt the fall. <laughs> these uh -huh. young, these young dumb birds haven't been hunted. Like we, I think we shot six adults in four days. The rest were all just dirty juvies. 
Um, do the I I'm guessing because I've heard reports of snows already down in like Arkansas and stuff. Sure. The adults must come through first, almost like they do in the spring. I'm not sure. They might roll as a family unit, but I'm ne- I'm really not sure when it comes to snow geese. Like, like Canada geese, they kind of lose their family bonds in the springtime. Like they'll hold them through like December, January, but uh, that's about the latest. And then the family bonds start, except for mom and dad. I mean, I guess that could kind. I guess that could be the same. It could be, but you, the phenomenon you're talking about, I've heard of that. Um, from several other uh, snow goose hunters as well, where they find massive wads of um, juvenile geese. Yeah, I mean, it, it, and that's what we're finding. I mean, we're we're hunting thirty to fifty thousand bird feeds, um, and predominantly juveniles. But we did see that you know, if you look at a flock on the ground, you did see some adults mixed in. Sure. So if you think, I don't know what the average clutch size of a snow goose is. Well, do you think that there's a possibility that snow geese do the same thing Canada geese do and adoptive nest? Yeah. So like they'll hatch eggs and then give the babies to another group of parents because Canada geese do that down here in the lower 48. Right, right, right. I mean, it's a, it's a different species. It's a completely different terrain, but they're both geese, so let's make some jumps. Yeah, let's make <laughs> let's make some broad generalizations that have no sound scientific backing whatsoever. I've never I'm heard. In. <laughs> That's what we do here at Waterfall Wednesday. But, well, I mean, that could be the case too, right? And, like, um, and then all of a sudden you got you know, 20, 40 snow geese per pair of adults. Well, yeah, 20. Times, stop there? Yeah, yeah, go ahead and <laughs> do the math. Yeah. Yeah, times up to 50,000. I mean, the ratio, if you get 20 babies and two parents, is 10% adults, right? Right, yeah. yeah so then I you mean, get that on be. a massive scale. And then, yeah, you could get the adults that did the adoptive nesting that are booting down to Arkansas real quick. Like, Screw it. We don't got no kids. Yeah, we did. We don't. We're fat. <laughs> we, we dumped them off on the Aunt Janet. Let's get the hell out of here. Let's go to, <laughs> yeah, exactly. let's get everybody that, to Arkansas. Woo, now, let's I've, go. Never, I've never heard of that before. And I've never really even heard of it for um, Canada geese um, so much either. Like, uh, people really, do, it's just something that I've noticed because I live where they nest. Right. And, um, and I get a kick out of all the studies saying failed nesters do molt migrations. Like them geese didn't fail nesting, but they, <laughs> but they still <laughs> molt migrated. They still molt migrated, right? Like, like the clutch size is four to six eggs. You would look around town and find how many groups of uh, you know like sixteen to twenty babies with two adults. Like that's yeah, a lot of nests like, right there. Hey, could you um just watch the kids real quick? I'm gonna run to the store. I promise I'll be back super quick. And then it's just like <laughs> screeching tires never to be seen again. <laughs> Mom and dad need a pack of Newport one hundreds. We'll, we will be right back. <laughs> I mean if I was a goose, that's what I'd do. If I was a human, that's what I would do. oh let's hope nick doesn't reproduce (laughs) i don't think it's i've worked in x-rays a long time (laughs) been shooting loads all over the upper midwest no babies no babies we're good we're safe humanity is safe (laughs) from 
little Nick Jays. Um, but uh, yeah, Fergus Falls really turned on this boy, last. Did um, it ever? Joe Heinz's yeah, snaps have just been crazy. I was with him on uh, Sunday. I saw that. And um, it's the first time I've hunted Fergus Falls in nine years. Really? Wow. <laughs> yeah. Since uh, I just it was 2012. The last time I hunted Fergus Falls, there was a two bird limit. Did he give Did he give you the the big heads up, or you're just like, um, were you planning on going up there anyways, or were you just like, oh, he's smashing, I got to get up there? Oh uh, well, I was gonna go with my buddy Pete, and uh, uh, he gave me an invite, and I said, hey, I, I can't bail from my buddy Austin. Me and him are hunting together this weekend, so if you got two spots, let me know. And he goes, yeah, I know Austin. Heck yeah, that sounds great. Come on up. And then uh, I sent Joe a snap that said, uh, hey, me and Austin are headed up to fergus you know thinking maybe we can get some lunch or something right he goes who are you hunting with i was like pete and ben and he goes i just had five guys cancel because they're up here for a bachelor party it would be so cool if you guys could come hunt with us and then i talked to pete and i was like what do you think he's like i can't say no to joe yeah yeah well, that'd be <laughs> stupid <laughs> especially because they've been crushing well yeah we were just gonna have like a little four-man gentleman's hunt you know like just kind of decoy birds and band haunts and then mm-hmm. it's like well do you want to jump in with a big big group and it's like yeah it'd be fun to hunt with joe hell yeah you made a pile man that was pretty impressive it's very very impressive when you go up there and like just the large flocks of geese that that are doing it here's something super interesting we um we shot 52 out of our pit and uh they were predominantly all churchill um lessers basically you know seven to eight pound geese epps um two bands both of them from churchill and so um connor wanted to get everybody together to do a comp like a combined picture with his pit so get all the birds from our pit and all the birds from his pit and take a picture and I went over there and the very first thing i noticed i was like you guys shot all giants I'm like yeah it's like we shot all EPPs. Like they had like fifty some giants. I was like, that's crazy. They were on the north side of town. Huh. We were along the. We were like along the freeway on the southeast side of town. So like, the races of geese like went out segregated. I guess kids say like that to go weird. eat. That's kind of interesting. I thought, but huh. um, you will see a mix. I mean, like when we we're in the Dakotas, we didn't see a bunch of darks when we were out there. It was predominantly snow geese around, but. You would see, and you can just pick them out like so easy. You see, like a, a flock of heavies flying out there, and all of a sudden there's like this little dot <laughs> in between. Sure. Like, oh, there's a cackler mixed in. <laughs> like, look at that little guy. It's like, how does that happen, and why? You know, because like the calls are really not that similar. There's so much the cackler is so much higher pitched. Oh yeah, and uh, when was it last week that it started snowing in? Um... Winnipeg. It might have been like Wednesday, Wednesday or Thursday. Well, it's snowed so here I Thursday, thought, so probably Wednesday. Yeah. Yeah, like Wednesday night into Thursday, mm-hmm. but it was so windy. Like it was too windy for a migration. Because I thought they would start bombing out of town right away, but they had cloud nights, so they wouldn't migrate at night, and they had just torrential winds during the day. So they sat there and kind of like just grinned and bared it for a couple of days. And I was talking to Joe on Friday. And uh, Connor had just told two, I think two or three pits worth of people, like, today's free, don't worry about it. Because they, like, did not see a goose on Friday Hmm. morning. And then uh, Joe said he walked outside to take a pee, like, on lunch and saw two migrator flocks fly over. 
And then they all ran back out to the pits, like scrambled out there. And like one pit got like 21 and another pit got like 31 in a band or something. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then like from that point on, like Saturday was crazy. Sunday was crazy. And I'm, I haven't been keeping up with how they've done now Monday and we're recording on Tuesday here. I don't know how they did, but it's been good. Like I'm sure it's still decent. Yeah, they're moving around. So last night where I'm at here, so we've been picking up birds the flock out here in the river has been getting a little bit bigger today by far the most birds I've seen. And last night it was just loud all night long. So the one thing I noticed yesterday was that these birds were there all day. They were there in the morning. They just sat there loafed all day. They never went out to feed Mm -hmm. ever like the whole day. They were just out here on the river hanging out in the mud flats. Finding anything out there, you think? A couple of them came up on shore and grazed, but for the most part, they just... Slept? Yeah, they just stayed out on this mud flat and just loafed around. They would kind of go up and down the river a little bit, swim here and there, but I was like, it's weird they're not leaving. Then, like, I think some of them might have went and fed, like, once the sun went down for whatever Mm -hmm. reason. I mean, that moon is pretty bright, but it was, like, in the middle of the night. I just, I kept getting... I kept waking up to the sound of just a shit ton of excited geese. I'm like, what is going on? And then you wake up today and that number is like doubled out in that oh, river. Oh shit. So, I bet it was like migrator flocks, like finding them. Yeah. You know, like snar locating each other and then bombing in. Yep. Probably pretty much. And then today they I mean they don't like start honking like crazy unless there's like two things happening. Takeoff or or landing, basically. Right. right, yeah. Yeah. So that's probably but what you're hearing is a landing. And so this morning they didn't feed again, mm-hmm. and they did do some grass feeding today. They did walk up onto the lawns, and they did graze a little bit, and then they would go back out in the water. But then at about three, a little after three, they started leaving in little waves. A little 15 rack would take off, and then it'd be like 10 minutes, and then another 15 would go. And then it took about an hour for them to all clear out and go eat. And I still haven't heard them come back yet. Huh. Maybe they maybe, maybe they kept moving. <laughs> yeah, maybe they won't come back. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see. It, it's it's kind of being being right here has been a a really interesting kind of study of a I don't know micro. Where are you at exactly? Uh, the I can't say that. <laughs> I'll say so. I'll, I'll give some intel. I was um, driving around today around the Lino Lakes and Forest Lake area, and. Not any specific spot. I just saw a bunch of mallards milling around, like mm. around like, like um, I was driving up 35. There was George Watch on the one side. That's a public oh, yep, lake. Yep. There was a bunch of mallards milling over George Watch. Um, Lamprey Pass has not had anything in it. Like I haven't seen any ducks in there, so I didn't see anything in Lamprey off the freeway. But like just in Forest Lake, seen mallards around Lionel Lakes, around Blaine, like the North Metro seems to have quite a bit of mallards this was around like 3 mm, 30 today it was all cloudy sure. and stuff and ducky looking outside but i mean if anybody has a chance to get out to maybe some of the public lakes around lino chisago county um forest lake lino lakes yeah it, it, it might be worth your time to go set a spread somewhere um for an afternoon shoot this week or maybe this weekend if you can get secure a spot that's not overcrowded but right. it, it, it looks like there's a good amount of mallards in town Huh. Well, that's good. How much longer is duck season in the central zone? Um, that's a good question. I don't know off the top of my head. It's the isn't it December? First week in December or something like that? Is that when it ends? 
I'm going to look it up now. Anyway, so it's just been interesting watching from, because I've been down here all summer long, so watching them breed and raise their young and then picked up a few um, right before, like, the molt migration, you know? They kind of congregate a little bit, and they were only here for, like, a day or two, and then they were gone, and then it was just that family group, like, all summer. Like, numbers never changed. November 28th, Central and South Zone. 12 more days. Oh, we don't even get to hunt. Don't even get to hunt in December anymore because people were stupid and they didn't want to have that split in the South. So now they're going to be bitching when all those mallards come down and they can't hunt them. Yeah, and I, I noticed December 29th is the last day for Central and South Zone for, um, um, for honkers. Yeah. I was kind of like, I live kind of close to the South Zone so I could bomb down there, you know, mm-hmm. like I'm on the north side of the metro. It starts on the south side. I just love when my buddies would be like, last hunt of the year. And I'm like, <laughs> suckers. Pussy. Yeah. Well, I mean, I, that's kind of what I, I mean. This, the Twin Cities is like centrally located. Oh, just lost Nicholas. Let's call him back. Huh. What happened there? I swear to God, that was you. I didn't, my, I didn't even touch my phone. I didn't either. That's weird. Government, well, it's the government man. You're you're recording though, right? Of course. It's just like shit's just shutting off on us now. I know it's just weird. They don't want me telling all this info That's about right. the Lionel Lakes mallards. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Cut them, shut them down. Shut them down. Shut them down. There's some very powerful interests out there, that's like right. the uh, what's that hunting club that's right out there? Right. Yeah, the one that's just north of the freeway. Yeah, just on the north side of the I freeway. I don't know what it's called, but. It's called the, uh, I don't know, but I've tried Googling them and looking them up on Facebook and like looking up their business profile and their nonprofit status. And I can't find out anything about them. Hmm. It's the, uh, run by the cartel (laughs) crossways Lake, (laughs) the crossways club incorporated. It looks good for the freeway. (laughs) It looks stuck as fuck. (laughs) (laughs) Right. They've got like a couple of like, uh, blinds you can see from google earth out there and stuff like i've never hunted or i don't know anybody who's hunted on crossways lake me either must be a doctor thing maybe (laughs) (laughs) but anyway it's a hunting um, club with two people yeah just two very wealthy dudes right no what i'm saying is that the twin cities are like perfectly centrally located for the three zones it's like couple hours north and you're in the north zone a couple hours south and you're in the south zone it's like why the majority of people wanted to end shorten that split up is beyond me well if you are pissed off about it make sure you fill out the surveys and encourage all your friends to fill out the surveys too you know what i mean right yeah well i mean that's what they that's what they must have done i think the 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 guys in the South that didn't like the split because they weren't able to shoot birds in the middle of October must have been the ones that filled out the survey because that's Absolutely. why they changed it. They didn't, like, change the laws to piss you off. They changed the laws to make somebody else happy. Exactly. <laughs> so, like, if you are pissed off about it, get enough people to where you are, you know, the group that should be made happy. Right. Well, it's like now they they are going to bitch about it when it – it's closed and all the 
Canadian Mallard show up and then everybody's going to be all pissed off and then they're going to call the DNR stupid when in fact they did everything in their power <laughs> to, <laughs> to make people to happy. take your input and then did you remember what you like wanted. when that when that survey came out we were doing shows about it and stuff yeah. and I found out like 4,000 people filled out the survey. It's like, I got more people than that on my fucking Snapchat. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> it's so stupid. It's like, uh... We have 80,000, I mean, 80,000 hunters and 4,000 filled it out. That's not too bad, I don't no, think. No, that's but, terrible. But that's, it's a little terrible. It's low enough, though, that if you were, like, to organize something to be like, we should all put this into the survey, they might do it. Right, yeah. Like, you actually, if you, <laughs> seriously, if you could get a decent grassroots campaign going, you could actually get some changes done. But it, who knows? Now, I think that's what it's designed to do. Right, exactly. So now these are all, like, <laughs> but now you're not going to get input for a few years because I think these are, like, three-year yeah, test. I, Whatever. I don't so. think that, yeah. And they don't change the laws for like every, there's a time period, you know, they don't just right. change the laws willy nilly every year. All right. So now you got them. Now you got them for a while. And the thing, what I've noticed with hunting and in fishing and probably across the board, people that, you know, ride ATVs and do other outdoor stuff. Cause the one thing you have to keep in mind is DNR has to manage all of that. It's not just hunting and fishing. Like they have to manage all of the public lands and resources. Sure for yeah. all activities. So they have the impossible job of trying to keep everybody happy. But what I've realized is that the DNR has just come this super easy scapegoat for people that want to bitch just for the sake of bitching. Cause they can just, they can be the shittiest hunter in the world and just go, Oh, the do nothing right. Screwed it up again. And it's like, Oh my God. But yet they go to the same slew every year, change nothing and wonder why they, you know, it's some crime that they don't limit out every time they go. I've got plenty of complaints about the DNR, but if I, if you spend an honest amount of time just cruising around on that website and just like clicking on links and reading stuff, it's actually kind of impressive all that they do. Well, and if you talk, like when I was able to talk to Steve Court, it's like he is a hunter himself. You think he's like trying to just screw everybody? Like, first of all i think we're spoiled that's the other thing it's like we're just spoiled kids who've had it so good that when it's just not the absolute best somehow that's a crime right yeah well it should be (laughs) if i'm not having fun somebody you might you might (laughs) somebody should go to jail you might have to put on some miles and scout out a new slew this year i don't know it's just a thought i mean things change weather changes find a new WMA to drown in. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Try packing your barrel with a different swamp mud for once. Do you have? Are you hunting this weekend, or do you have any more um, trips planned? Uh, I don't have anything really planned. Um, we got kind of a tentative thing. So I, when I got my North Dakota license, I put like my last week, like the very last day of the season, just so I could change it. So my buddy's got. Uh, friends that live out in North Dakota and he's like when they get the word that those mallards have showed up we're just pretty much going to drop everything and go for a couple days oh nice so don't like I said I don't have any dates on the calendar but it's like we do plan on getting back out there hopefully I won a uh, pit drawing in Cibola National Wildlife Refuge in Cibola Arizona really 
<laughs> yeah. I put in for a pit drawing down there, and it's something I've looked into the last couple of years. Um, obviously, you know, I love to travel to hunt geese, but I'm 34 years old, and I'm getting pretty goddamn sick of spending my vacation in the winter to go somewhere that's fucking colder <laughs> than where I live to hunt geese. It's bullshit. I don't have a beard to take cool icicle in my beard pictures. <laughs> you know, I like, I'm a fair weather. Goose, they are pretty so I'm cool. A fair weather man. They are pretty Those cool are, pictures. So they are pretty cool pictures. You know, what's going to be cooler. Me in a Hawaiian shirt in a pit in Arizona, smashing honkers as you're getting your perfect icicle beard picture. And, and one plumed out Drake cinnamon teal. I don't know if we'll hunt ducks, but oh. yeah, that that's a possibility. Oh really? It's not, not really a duck spot. It's more about, uh, goose spot the, these pits that we um won yes they are it's a goose hunting spot hmm. interesting and the cibola national wildlife refuge has like um usually between four and seven thousand honkers that will winter there which is enough it's enough to yeah i mean that's not and... crazy amounts but yeah it's you know. in the 90s though it had like 30,000 or I think one year it had like 27 or something like that's a lot that is a lot considering it's like 90 minute drive from Mexico that's pretty so Cibola is that down by Tucson um it is by Cibola it's on the Colorado River and it's north of Yuma oh so you're further west it's on the border of California and yeah, Arizona, yeah, so it's super far west. Man, you're in the, like, that's the Sonoran Desert over there. Yeah, and there's just this little green oasis out there. And a bunch of, like, Utah birds come down and uh, Nevada birds. That's where they'll spend their winter. That'll be pretty cool. So how are you going down there with uh, some people or just? Yep, me and Joe are going to go. Oh, cool. That'll be fun. <laughs> yeah. So when you apply, do you apply as, like, a group no, we applied individually, and um, I only put one date. Like, so they they only have like eight pits. So they draw a name out and they'll say, "All right, this guy's first choice is these days," and then we're like, "Well, those days are full, so they'll go to his second day." Okay. Well, I sent in me and Joe's info. Like, if we're going, we're going on this weekend. So, if it was, if they drew one of our names and they looked at the date and it was all full, we were both fucked. Gotcha. And I want a pit. So uh, and how, Joe, and how big are the pits? Like how many people can you bring? Four, it says. Oh, cool. And I do know a guy down there I had met through Instagram who kind of egged me on to to come. I'd knew, known about the place already, but he's like, you should definitely do it. Uh-huh. I'm like, all right. Oh, he's fine. Like, <laughs> he's like, I got Dave Smith decoys. I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> now we're talking. So That's awesome. That'll be a good trip. And then I got World Duck coming up here in a couple weeks. Where and when is that? World Duck is the Saturday after Thanksgiving. It's in Stuttgart, Arkansas. And I likely will not be doing any hunting on my trip. And you doing some uh, seminars? Some nope. calling I lessons? Will, I'll definitely just be jamming into town, um, blowing in round one. For sure. Cool. <laughs> Possibly round two. 
definitely not round three of world duck hunting. <laughs> Your confidence is, is staggering. <laughs> I uh, am slacking off a little bit on my practice sessions, and that is definitely something that shows through when it comes to competition calling of either duck or goose calling. You really I mean, it doesn't matter if you are last year's world champion. You better be practicing yeah, a couple yeah, few weeks well. before the contest, and it really shows through. So I'm going to like practice to the amount that when I get cut, somebody in the crowd is going to be like, I thought you sounded good. And I'll be like, oh, man, you feel so much better. I am going <laughs> to the Chinese buffet, and I'm going to cry now. <laughs> that's, the, that's the level that I'm trying to practice to nice, here before perfect. I head well, down there. Goals. Hashtag goals. <laughs> Hashtag goals. Just that one random 75-year-old <laughs> guy with an Ar- Arkansas accent. Hey, you, I thought you sounded good up there. Like, that's all I came here for, bud. Thank you. Yeah, yeah. Who's, <laughs> is there a bunch of people going down there? Is, like, the, is Goose going down there? And uh, No, no. I think uh, who's coming from Minnesota this year? It'd be me. It'll be, um, God, Ben Merlot's not going because he's having a kid. Mike Benjamin's not going. Um, but we should definitely give him a shout-out because he just swept – Four out of the five contests in Easton, Maryland. Damn. Yeah, Mike Benjamin. I, th- I just I feel won. like you should call he him up won, and, and do an episode about it. He won World Live Goose. He won World Live Duck. I think he may have won Two Man Duck. And one of the other ones. He just he got second place in World Goose. Do they have spec calling competitions? They had one at Rogers one year. Did they? How about yeah. snow goose calling? You want to know something that was weird about our trip? So, um, th- we'll your see. Snow if... goose calling didn't work. Uh, actually, it did one day. So just once. Just I, one... I listened to your podcast. Yeah, just the one day. And so, what I'm, I'm going to ask you this: Have you noticed something similar on the honker end of the spectrum? So this particular day, you know, and I'm I'm hitting different notes on my snow goose call, and I'd like to think I actually can blow it halfway decent. But there is literally one note was the only thing that got their attention and they just wanted it loud and fast and a bark. So one, yeah. So once, and I was like, I haven't even heard a snow goose make this sound, but it was working. So I just stuck with it. And it was one of those things like, this isn't like, it was clear that it was working because there was times I didn't do it. So I was tired or you know, whatever. And then it's like, they're already past you. You hit them with it and they just turn and lock like instantly. I'm like, God damn it. And so you'd have to work these things. I was just, I was the only one calling. So I was like super out of breath, but it was weird. It was just like, it was one note. Have you ever found that? Like when hawker hunting, like there's a particular note that really is working on them. Yeah. And I've, uh, I've seen, uh, I've seen that happen hunting Roskies too. Okay. Like, uh, one time I was out in the Pacific flyway and, uh, we had a big spread of, of Dave Smith decoys out and we were hunting snows and Ross, mostly Ross and these, um, this one little juvie Ross was flying and just buckling down into the spread. And mom and dad were not happy about it. <laughs> they were trying and to talk them out of it. <laughs> and there's kind of like, there's a lot of geese flying around in a lot of directions that morning, but one flock in particular gave us a good hard look and was like, no, cause we had no sound coming from our spread. Like our spread was far enough away from us to where we weren't blowing calls, okay. and so um, 
they they had moved on, and all of a sudden this Juvie Ross dumped into the spread and started just repetitively barking like bah, bah. and all the other Roskies are mostly just like not not barking at all while airborne. And um, not only did mom and dad come in, but he, it turned that flock of geese that had already passed us all around and they did it on their first pass. Maybe, wow. maybe it's just something they were about to do anyway. Sure. But it sure seemed like it was correlated that as soon as there was sound coming out of the spread and the sound of a goose that just landed. Right. And that was the thing, like, like, "Ah." this particular day, we were running traffic. This was the traffic day. So it was, like, all these little – and it it never – and it didn't work on flocks bigger than, I would say, eight. Mm -hmm. I think it was just too much noise from the actual other birds to pick out one lone note on the ground, you know. At least that's what I was Mm -hmm. telling myself. Um, But those, like, onesies, twosies, threesies, those ones were, like, super susceptible to it. And, I mean, there's there's very little doubt in my mind that – the call wasn't doing stuff. Everybody was pretty much in agreement. They're like, holy crap. Um, but that, the other days, I'd blow on it, and, I mean, there was some debate. Some of the guys thought when I was calling it helped kind of center them up. I didn't really personally notice that, and being the one that's actually calling and looking at them, I tend to believe me. But <laughs> 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 so, I mean, there was – yeah, there was there was a couple times that there was some disagreement. They're like, "Why aren't you calling?" I'm like, "Cause it's not doing anything." They're like, "Yeah, it is." I'm like, "If you say so." And then you know, another flock come in. I'd scream at them, and they would just do what they're gonna do. I was like, well, I'm not. The one thing, the there's one aspect. Call, calling is always effective with geese, no matter what. But the one huge variable I wonder about is, can they really hear it from where they are? And given the certain weather conditions we have, right, and that's right, n- right now, right. Like, and that's something else. Think about too is like on the on the hunter bird day, it felt just like pointless because there was sound everywhere. I mean, there's literally there was there was geese coming in every direction and leaving in every direction, and my one little note is not like I'm competing with thirty thousand live geese. I, that one little note, yeah, like you. That could just get lost in the sauce yeah. type of a thing. Right. But if there's something close enough. But, like, sometimes I wonder that when I'm calling at geese, even if they're just, like, two or three fields over, can they really hear me? Like, some, you know, you get worse. You're, you're picking up a sailor and you hear, hear your buddies call yeah. and you're like, I can't fucking hear those guys at all. Right, right. <laughs> I'd like, like to think I'm they actually can hear like, better than we can, but maybe not. I don't know if it's better or not, but, like, one thing I do – try to try to do if it's some if it's a goose that's really far away even just a couple few fields over is your hands make a megaphone right when you're calling Mm -hmm. i try to point that megaphone at them right like not not even like even like lead them a little bit you know like by a hundred yards or so like so when that sound hits i want to center punch them with the sound and I catch myself all the time. Like I have my eyes on the bird and I'm calling at him and my hands are like cocked off to the side or something. And they're still at like a questionable distance. I'm like point that point your fucking hands at those geese. Yeah, <laughs> like that makes sense. Make, make sure they can hear that shit. Cause there's just, and then there's mornings you walk to the truck and your buddy blows a goose call and it sounds like you're still in the spread. Well, wind plays a big role. Like wind plays a big how role. How many times have you been moisture out? Moisture like, does too. You can hear. Yeah, there's certain days where you can just hear. You know, oh, I got to run back to the truck, and then all of a sudden he's talking to somebody on the phone, and he's 
a whole field section away and you can hear him talking. <laughs> You're like, what? Right. But if he was on, you know, you go 50 yards downwind and you're trying to, you know, you, you sail a bird or whatever, and you're trying to tell your buddy, no, you got to go further right. And he's like, what? You got to go further right. What? No, he can't hear you because of the wind, you know. It's like, what the hell? So, I mean, I kind of keep that in mind, too, and I'm trying to scream at geese. And it's like, okay, there's no way they hear me. That The wind is going the wrong direction. They're way far away. Like, I am just wasting my time right now. All right, let me read this. It says, as humidity increases, so too does the percentage of air molecules that are water molecules. Lower density translates into faster sound wave travel. So sound waves travel faster at high humidity. The increase in speed, however, is very small. So for most every day, you can ignore it. Hmm. Effects of temperature. I thought that would be opposite. I would have thought heavier air would, wouldn't travel as good, but. The speed of sound is affected by temperature and humidity because it's less dense. Sound passes through hot air faster than it passes through cold air. For this reason, temperature gradients can uh, cause refraction effects, which are, for the most part, nothing to worry about. For instance, morning is a time when the ground is still cool from the night, but before from the night before but the upper air is already warming due to the sun under these conditions sounds can bounce between the gradients and the ground forming regions of higher and lower sound intensity also as sound propagates through the air the air absorbs energy from the sound wave attenuating or weakening it the effect is significant only at frequencies above two kilohertz and increases with frequency this is the reason why when we hear thunder in the distance it's a low rumble blah 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 weird yeah i don't know what that means cool cool story bro. cool cool let's i'm still gonna i guess i'll still blow goose calls at every goose i see make sure yeah, you I guess. are you following through I might, like yeah, I might follow. <laughs> no shit you want a good sound string <laughs> yeah well you see here i'm gonna have to switch my tuning of my call because the air is actually right. warmer than right. the ground so I'm going to want to use a, a, a goose call that has a frequency of less than two kilohertz. Right. I want you to actually start. <laughs> I want you to actually get into the science of, of, of the hertz and start just uh, shit. You oh, can just bro, make it up and people would totally believe you. Be like, no, today it's, think, it's foggy. We got to we gotta go down to about two, two, two megahertz. You don't think megahertz. I know how many fucking hertz a goose's uh, <laughs> call is that? Because I do. <laughs> and compare that to a goose call. Hurts so good. Hurts so good. I know. I don't know about it, man. <laughs> I just heard a goose actually. Right now? Just At seven twenty one PM. Right now. There must be coming back from that feed. There must be. All right. Well, speaking of uh going to a feed, I think I'm gonna go feed. Alright, they can go feed. Hey, well <laughs> you sh- I th- you need to call that dude that won all those things and you should do an episode with that guy. That'd be a all good right. one. Well, that would be a good one, me and Mikey B. Um Let's thank our sponsors, though. Yeah. Boss Ammunition, Sound Gear, Hearing Protection, Sound which gear. I still haven't haven't paid for it. <laughs> haven't paid That's for amazing. it. That's <laughs> amazing. So we're just gonna go ahead and say thanks. This is, a, this is like the fifth time now. This is like fifth time, Lance Lance Kramer of Sound Gear Hearing Protection. I love them. I wear them every day. I wear them for like five hours a day. That's pretty awesome. I listen to podcasts. I listen to music. I conceal that I'm doing that at work. <laughs> They're awesome. They block out all my shot sounds. I haven't paid a dime for them. Another great reason. I feel like you should order another pair and let me use them if you're not going to pay like for I them. I feel like I should. 
I feel like I should fucking pay for him, dude. I'm not a, I'm not a stealer, dude. I've never been a stealer guy. Well, that's another to one. Honest, we, though, if we ever do get last... a hold of that guy, we should we should have him on. Since the yeah, we should have Lance on actually. Since the last time that we, I, we uh, made a podcast, which was two weeks ago, I've not made an attempt to pay for them. So that's on me. <laughs> that's on me. That's why we're doubling down on well, the sound gear. It's not like um, you're hiding sponsorship. You're you're you literally talk about it on one of the world's most listened to or <laughs> one of the upper Midwest most one of one of St. Paul's most listens to hunting podcast on a Wednesday, and so it's not like you're <laughs> it's, it's not like you're hiding. <laughs> what is it today? The uh, it's uh, November sixteenth. Uh, something like that. All right, I texted Lance on October twenty second, so it's starting to get kind of. Kind of sketchy. I said, I would like to pay for those earbuds same day and thank you for, or someday, and thank you for sponsoring the Waterfall Wednesday podcast for the last six weeks. <laughs> Perfect. <laughs> I love it. I'm going to have to change it. that to nine weeks. Yeah. And also, you you now owe me $100. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, just... The tables have turned, Lance. Oh, I'm... the tables have turned. <laughs> well, tell him he's going to have to answer answer you if he wants us to add his logo to the to the uh, cover art. <laughs> Nobody's adding the logo to that cover art until the until the intro changes. Oh my god! <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of the maybe you know what maybe that'll be your Christmas present this year. We'll see. Maybe I'll finally get around to changing that. At oh, least, I got another. Um... At least for Waterfall Wednesdays, I'm going to keep it for my other episodes. But I think I, I think I do actually want to make Waterfall Wednesday like give it its own little intro and outro. All right, that's on you. Anyways, I've got, oh, a, I've got a new po- uh, um, webinar coming up. Ooh, and it's for everybody. It's not just for um, Goose Tech purchasers this time. It's going right. to be for everybody to try to entice people. To buy goose tech, we I'm actually sure, you know, watched that's the point of it. We actually watched some of that when we were out in North Dakota. Oh, nice! I mean, I saw like I think your legs you weren't in the frame very well. Yeah, that was a problem. <laughs> they, they, um, they forced me to go buy a MacBook Pro after that webinar. They're like, they call like God game technologies, right? They own they own goose tech. They called me, they're like, so you're gonna go buy a MacBook Pro tomorrow. I was like, no, I'm not. <laughs> <laughs> I can do everything from my iPhone XR just fine. I was laughing like, so hard. They're like, bro, that's a three-year-old iPhone. You need to fucking go get a MacBook Pro <laughs> tomorrow, and we're going to buy you some microphones and nail them to you the oh, moment you do. And I was God. like, dude, I'm not I'm not doing that. Dude, I'm looking at it right now. I got a MacBook Pro. I haven't taken it out of the – I have not taken out of it out of the box out of spite that they made uh, me go buy this thing. It was so fucking funny. $1,300 just because they didn't like the <laughs> webinar I did. <laughs> the, content, the content was gold. My buddy pulls it up. I'm like, nice, nice, Nick. Really, really, really nice. That's... Plus, I was nipping out the whole time. <laughs> <laughs> I'm always nipping out. Uh, that was pretty funny, but my nips stay hard. <clears throat> stay hard, motherfucker. Because <laughs> they're sensitive and shirts rub on them. There you go. <laughs> too but anyway, too that's much information. Up, um, that's coming up November 29th. We're gonna do another goose calling webinar. This one is gonna have my face in it, and we're gonna <laughs> and I'm gonna use a mi- uh, microphone. Wow. Like an R an R O D E microphone and a MacBook Pro that. 
that game technologies forced me to buy when where can people find this uh i don't know oh. good story I, yeah i asked uh <laughs> i asked um taylor i was like i'm gonna start advertising this today and i know the very first question i'm gonna get from 800 people how do i uh, sign up for the webinar so you should pass that information along to me he's like yeah i'll get back to you and then i haven't heard back yet i was just, <laughs> that was just a, that was so just it's gonna be like an email ago. thing like get on an email list or something like that i'm sure it will be just pay attention to my social media or just buy goose tech would be a great there way to go. get the because i'm sure it will go out to everybody on the goose tech email list so get goose tech and tune into the next webinar and thanks boss and and sound gear and you know tangle free and uh anyone else sitka dave smith oh, decoys uh sitka i got a warranty i just printed out we'll see, we're gonna time them again we'll see how long it takes to get my sitka warranty in i'm gonna be mailing that out i think tomorrow yeah i don't think they need our help they're doing okay um, sitka's doing fine yeah yep. they're they're doing okay you know what you know what do we'll give a shout out though is the um, decoy company sx those, sx yeah those are kind of neat the why well, I, I don't anything I've only have experience with the Snogu decoys, but the their stand, their stake and cone motion cone system, dude, so awesome. I've noticed. I've I only have uh, experience with the Canadas. I've only seen them once, okay. and and they seem to have more of a wobble than a twist. Well, the only thing is I, that accurate. Yeah, yeah. But what I'm most impressed Ooh, with is just how sound. easy they are to put out and pick up. This is a good one. On there. You can almost throw them on there. Like, you know how those old Avery ones have that big, their motion cone system had the big cone with the slot in it, and you had that big thing that sticks out in their stakes and their stands, and sometimes you have to put those on there just right, and it's kind of a pain in the ass. Yes. You can be super lazy. <laughs> you can be super lazy with the SXs, and they always land where they're supposed to. Yeah, and you can just go, when it comes time to pick up, one guy goes through, just starts grabbing tail loops and pulling them right off the stakes, and the guy comes right behind you and grabs the stakes. It's, dude, it's a, it's a slick system, so good job. Do they got reflective tape on there so you don't leave 40 stakes out there every hunt? Yeah, I believe they do, yeah. That's good. Yeah, pretty slick, pretty slick. That's good to hear. Any any other shout-outs? <sighs> no, that's it. That's all I got. Yeah, me too. All right, buddy. Well, yeah, let's chat next week. Cool, man. Talk to you. We'll do it again. Bye. All right, bye.